Welcome to Real Talk Christian Podcast, where we drink coffee and have real conversations on faith, culture, and society. This is Mark Hyde and Chris Fuller. And today on this episode of Real Talk Christian, we actually have a guest in the studio today talking about Christians and music and how we should handle the tension of Christian music versus secular music. Let's go. Thank you for joining us at Real Talk Christian, a place where real Christians talk about real issues impacting the community and the world as it pertains to Christians. Now here are your hosts, Mark Hyde and Chris Fuller. Thank you for all joining us today here at Real Talk Christian Podcast. Mark, how are you doing today? Okay, that was a little too official. Okay, this I'm isn't real radio. Well, hey, that was your radio voice, bro. I, I'm good with it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm doing all right, bro. Good, man. I'm doing good. I've, I've been up going crazy, visited 20 stores in like 10 minutes. Not, yeah. not really, but I'm doing okay. That's Tired, awesome, dude. But I'm doing okay. Well, we got uh, Mr. Brandon Soche with us today. Brandon, how you doing? Soche. I'm doing well. Awesome. Doing well. I'm glad to be here. We're excited to have you. Woo! So, Mark, what kind of coffee are we drinking today? <laughs> dude, okay. So, we're about as millennial as they get, where we're like, let's right. talk about our coffee, guys. <laughs> like, most people are just like, oh, it's just coffee. And we're like, no. No, it's not just coffee. Coffee is we've had We've had Kona coffee from Hawaii. Mm-hmm. We've had um, that one coffee from Montague, Michigan, yeah. and today we're drinking coffee from straight from the mountains of Honduras. Um, so this coffee actually um, I got from one of my former students who actually went on a mission trip to Honduras, brought a little bit back for me just to try it. So when I found out she was going on a second mission trip, I'm like, "Yo, like, can, like, here's all my monies. Like, bring, bring back all the coffees, please." Mm. So it's actually, um, I'll even put a link in the show notes. It's actually a Christian organization that works with local farmers, so that way they can, you know, start their own businesses, um, take care of their own families. They grow it all locally there, and then they actually ship it from from some distributor and all goes oh, back awesome. right to the local farmers but it's all christian based as that's well. cool that's a that's awesome and it doesn't taste like crap no it tastes really it tastes good. phenomenal it's really smooth mm-hmm. not bitter at all nope no it's and, and actually it's low acidity based on where it grew mm. so it actually you can drink more of this and oh, not have right. like the stomach like gurgles and bubbles that you know yeah maxwell's house likes to give us that and taco bell but uh, yeah, anyway, yeah, Taco Bell. <laughs> you don't have to pray over Taco Bell because no. even God can't bless Taco right. Bell. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a, uh, <laughs> that's a joke. With that joke, let's dive into it. Mr. Soche is a worship pastor at Southside Church. Baptist South, Church. Southside South, Baptist on Church. On the South buddy. Side of South Bend. Mr. Soche has been with us for a couple months now. Uh, two. Two, two months. Two, two months. months. I'm sorry. Exactly. Two months. Well, probably. Well, two and a half now. I got it wrong again. <laughs> so, anyway, man, it's been a busy summer. <laughs> he survived a VBS with us. He survived mm-hmm. leading worship with us, and he survived preaching with us, and still hasn't quit. So, kudos to you. And, and you had to preach two weeks in a row. I did, and led worship before you preached. Right, one of those weeks. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's right, because uh, the, the youth band reverb yeah, the led, youth the band week. led the other week. But it's kind of like, hey, Soche, welcome to Southside. Here's all the things. <laughs> Do all the work. <laughs> we're going to give you everything. Marcus Scott, we're going months. on vacation. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness you're here. <laughs> Pretty much. 
So, uh, Brandon, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, where are you from? I am from a very small town in the Ozark Mountains in uh, Marshall, Arkansas. Uh, grew up there. We moved there when I was about uh, 10 years old. I'm an only child. So my parents and I, we moved there to be with my grandparents. Um, so grew up very rural area, not a lot going on. Um, and honestly, that's probably part of why music became such a big part of my life mm. was because there was not a lot else going on and music was something I could uh, cling to and something I could do in my own room all by myself yeah. in the middle of the woods. <laughs> so <laughs> That's awesome, man. So what was it like growing up as Brandon Soche? Like, what kind of struggles did you have? What? Uh, wow, we're going deep. Well, you know, this is Dude, real this talk. This is real Christian. talk. Real talk. It's not fake Christianity. It's not Christianese. It's real talk. So let's just dive right into it. Man, what are some of the struggles that you had growing up as a child? Um, some things that you know now that maybe were mistakes that you had made back as a child, which we all have those. Um, just kind of. Explain some of that stuff to our listeners. Yeah. Uh, so being an only child, one thing that I did struggle with was, was loneliness. Um, but really, uh, the biggest thing was I struggled making friends as a kid. Mm. Um, yeah. And so being an only child and then struggling with making friends, I spent a lot of time just chilling with my imaginary, imaginary friend, John. 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 Why is it always John? John. Poor I don't Johnny. know. I don't Poor know. Johnny. But uh yeah, I mean it was I was bored a lot, it seems like. And uh high school was super lame. Uh people were I was bullied a lot in high school, but I found uh and I'll say this probably is part uh again of why music became such a big part of my life was uh I joined band which seems like you know if you're being bullied you probably don't want to do that that's gonna increase the bullying <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's just gonna make it worse but in your sh the, the shirt you're wearing right now even says the word nerd right yeah. i mean <laughs> yeah i you embrace it it's, i it's embrace you embrace, I embrace my nerd my nerdhood yeah but it was in band that uh you know i've i found a family like mm. you know the band kids took care of each other and the band kids cared about each other and um and it was cool because we were we were on a mission. Like we had something we were trying to create together. We were trying to create beautiful music. We were um, having fun, and we stuck up for each other. It was a really cool community to get a part of. Um, and yeah, you know, just normal kids stuff. Yeah. But um, life was good. I mean, my parents loved me, and um, you know, that was never a struggle I had. Uh, my parents loved me, and I had. Um, a couple friends. I had some extended family that was good to me, and uh, but yeah, just struggling making hmm. friends. And um, so if you could go back now to your ten-year-old self, what would you tell yourself? Wow, my ten-year-old self. I would probably say, uh, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you can think about. It. I can edit this out. Yeah. I think I would probably tell my 10-year-old self, hang in there, man. Mm. It gets better. Yeah. But then I'd also probably say, 
practice your instruments more. You're going to want... <laughs> and the gonna, band teacher you're has You're going to want to be better. <laughs> <laughs> practice uh, your instruments pr- more. Practice piano. Don't worry. You'll be at Southside <laughs> in a matter of 20-something years. <laughs> no, this is random. It's like, okay, but you said practice piano. It seems so funny how most of my teenagers that are musicians that made fun of people who did music are all relearning piano. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's very important. I got three people learn. like in my youth group right now who are like, they play guitar, they play drums. They're like, I need to learn how to play piano again. Yeah. So yeah. they're all learning piano as sixteen-year-old yeah. dudes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm thirty and I'm wanting to learn piano. So I mean, I think every musician, once you understand music and how it works. Well, Dandy Randy, he started piano lessons like two years ago. Yeah. And he's like, "Is what? Late, oh, I shouldn't put an yeah, age on Randy. Yeah, don't put his age up there. I won't put an age on Randy because he'll probably he'll poor Randy. Him. I love Randy. He's Randy, such a cool man. Guy. He, that's why that's why the youth group calls him Dandy Randy. Dandy he's awesome. Randy. Dandy Randy. So, uh, Brandon, you're you're married with a few kids. Yes. I say a few, not I a am. couple, a few. a few. I have a few. Three. Uh, and they're adorable. They are. Uh, Thank you. So how did you how did you meet your wife? So we went to um we both went to College of the Ozarks in Branson, Missouri. Uh, as a small private Christian college. Um I actually started about uh two years three years earlier than her but uh she actually worked in high school and mm. got some credits so we in, we finished about the same time um and we met there uh working at uh, a restaurant on campus mm-hmm. and it was funny uh back in high school uh my band director gave me a nickname brando and i hated it at first Brando. He called Brando. me Brando. He would call me Marlon Brando, and then he he uh, started. <laughs> you calling. shouldn't have told me that. <laughs> yeah, and then he started calling me Brando. And honestly, through high school, it kind of stuck. And then I started just introducing myself as that in college. And now you introduce yourself as Brando the Honey Sloth. Yeah, Brando Pastor, the Pat, Honey Sloth. Pastor, Pastor Brando. Brando to Pastor you. Brando. Uh, but I was going by Brando in in college, and uh, I was waiting Whoa. tables, and my wife, my. A future wife was working in the dishwashing area, mm. and so I brought my dishes to her. <laughs> I said, "Hey, I'm Brando," and she was like, "Hi, I'm Marianne." And then I walked away, and she told me later that she turned to her friend and went, "Brando, <laughs> your name." <laughs> and uh, but uh, actually, it was it was music that brought us together. Mm. Um, music, uh, we were um, the music just ties into all of my life. It, it's it's odd, but. Uh, she, her brother was a drummer, like a rock metal drummer, and uh, I was in a band in college, uh, kind of a Christian rock metal band, and uh, told... Well, what was your role in this band? I was the singer uh, and lead vocalist, so I did clean vocals and unclean vocals. <laughs> <laughs> I did screaming, vocal. growl vocals. Um, the under oath. Yeah. What was your wardrobe like? I... And I wore whatever I wanted to on stage. <laughs> <laughs> Usually it was shorts, t-shirt, and flip-flops. Because uh, I made the decision when I was in that band. I said, I'm going to be the cool trendsetter. Like, I don't <laughs> care about looking cool. I'm just going to be cool. I'm just going to be cool. I'm just going to play awesome music, and people are going to think that's awesome. And so I just wore whatever was comfortable. But So tell me about the vest. Oh, the vest, the vest, yeah. <laughs> now, I did find a really cool vest in a free box one day in the laundry in the in laundry room. Box. In the free box. Yeah, at the college, we had a free box in the laundry room where people would just put stuff that they didn't want anymore. 
And I was digging through there one day and found this puffy, like denimish vest, looked like straight out of the eighties. And I was put like, a picture of that in the show notes. That's what I, I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> I love that vest, and I wore that. I wore that in our music video that we made. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. But uh, yeah, so I was in this band, and um, I told Marianne. I, I invited her to one of our shows, mm-hmm. and she came to the show because her she was interested in that kind of music because her brother was a drummer and he played that kind of music. And she came to one of the shows and she heard us. She heard me singing the words to one of the songs I had written, and she was really intrigued by those words. So I was singing about God's love pursuing us, and um, and she resonated with that and went and asked one of my friends who wrote the song that said this and. And the guy was like, oh, it was Brando. And <laughs> and two months later, they got married. Uh, Bible college style. <laughs> right. Green no, by spring. Not, no. <laughs> it, no, but uh, it, it wasn't long. I mean, we, we were friends. We After we started being friends, about a year and a half later, we were married. So, but uh, yeah, it was. Man, it that's was a good long times. engagement period. For Bible for college. For Bible college. Bible college. <laughs> <laughs> oh, some people don't even know that struggle. So. You talk about how you know your your parents were first generation Christians, um, right? You know, you you went to Bible college. You met your your wife in Bible college. Uh, what influenced you, and what direction made you come and become a Christian? Um. Yeah. So my um, my great grandfather was a Baptist pastor, um, and then. I don't really know where my my grandmother was, um, my mom's mother, but uh, my 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 grandfather was a, a violent alcoholic who hated the church and didn't want anything to do with it. And and my parents uh, both my my father came from a rough, just angry, um, just kind of run of the mill secular home. And um, but but my uh, my parents both found Christ when they were about twenty something and um and they were determined to break the cycle of alcoholism and of abuse and to raise me in a christian home and i'll say seeing my parents live their imperfect christian walk out there in front of me really impacted me um and then i'll say you know uh i was i I am the epitome of the statistic that they talk about at every the average church member or the average average baptist church member has been baptized 2.5 times Um, (laughs) 2.5 times and because i was baptized uh twice as a kid um once i was about eight years old and i was scared of hell and i wanted not to go to hell and so i i prayed a prayer and i got baptized and then um a little later, we joined another church, and for some reason, we were all baptized again. I don't know. I don't even remember what was going on with that. But, And then when I was 14, um, I went to uh, church camp with a friend, and man, the, uh, honestly, I don't even remember what uh, the preacher preached about, but uh, it was the offer, the uh, response time. They were playing the song, the Matt Merriman song, Heart of Worship. Mm, yeah, I love that and, song. And um, that song just spoke to me that night. It was like God was showing me, you know, 
I'm coming back to the heart of worship because it's all about you. And I'm sorry, Lord, for what I've made it. And it was like, it's like God was just showing me like all of your life is about me. Mm. And you've just been making it about you. And, and it's like I was hit at 14 with just, man, I need to turn my life to Christ. And I didn't even go, I didn't even go forward. I just, but I found a counselor afterwards and I went and talked to him. And I think that's, that's when I gave my life to the Lord. Um, and I was baptized again when I came home from, <laughs> from uh, church camp. So three times. Um, but, uh, that was, um, that was my salvation experience. Um, and man, I walked a rough, rocky road, mm-hmm. you know, I, in college dabbled with partying and all the stuff, even at a Christian college. And then the Lord really got a hold of me, um, again at college. And I'm, I'm thankful I can walk, I can look back and see the line of grace, mm-hmm. just God keeping me from making the really stupid choices or protecting me from going off the deep end and, um, and never letting me be okay with the sin I was going through. Right. You know, like that's that's a blessing, and I think as I as I counsel people today, you know, people that are dealing with with sin and struggles, or you know, I'm I'm trying to walk people towards Christ. Like I tell them, if you're not okay with your sin, that's a really good sign. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't care, that's not a good sign. Right. And uh, yeah, I'm thankful God never let me be okay with a sin. And then you know, I really, um, it was in college that I really started following the Lord. Um, intently mm-hmm. and faithfully and uh you know still i still struggle and stumble we're nobody's perfect right but anyways that's awesome i mean man. jesus is perfect well jesus was perfect yes the only one the only one <laughs> that's right and because he's perfect i mean we have the advocate now right? amen yeah and i'm so thankful for the grace of god i tell you what if it weren't for god's grace i would be a bubbling puddle on the ground probably right so <laughs> Well, so we talked about, you know, kind of your family, your background a little bit. Uh, how, how has those experiences helped influence the way you parent today? Um, so, you know, um, that's an interesting topic. I don't want to say anything to make my parents mad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think my parents did a really good job. Uh, I think, um, I told my wife when my second child was born, I said, that's it. I don't know how to relate to the kids anymore. Because <laughs> the I, only child raising I'm, two kids. Yeah, only child. And, you know, we've got we've got six-year-old Asher, four-year-old Ella, and eight-month-old Gideon. And uh, Gideon's my favorite. He's a hoot, man. I don't he's know. I, I thought he was my favorite until I started playing with Asher and Ella. And then it was like, you know what? I kind of like all the Sochet kids. But you see, with Gideon, though, I mean, Marianne and Brandon are always like, oh, he was up all night last night. But every time I've ever seen Gideon, he's always smiling. Right. He's always laughing. He's got these blue, like his eyes smile. Gideon's eyes smile. What did I say a couple weeks ago? I said his eyes like look into the darkness of your soul. Like (laughs) they're so piercing. It's amazing. He, He has, he has his mother's eyes or he has his grandfather's eyes. Grandfather's eyes. Yeah. He has beautiful eyes. My son does. I guess my grandfather. <laughs> I guess Marianne's father the has record. beautiful eyes too. For I guess. the record, <laughs> Randy, if you're listening, I guess you have beautiful eyes. That's gonna make a f- awkward family reunion. <laughs> okay, jumping back. In. I like your eyes. 
Oh my goodness. Yeah. What are you most thankful for? <laughs> the eyes. The eyes that Marianne yeah. was was given <laughs> from her father. We call them the Bruton Blues. <laughs> yeah. Because Marianne's maiden name is Bruton. The Bruton Blues. Bruton Blues. All three of my kids have Bruton Blues. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess, so thinking about how I parent, um, you know, my parents came out of a rough life and they did a really good job, obviously, you know, look at me. <laughs> but Brando. They, they can't look at you, buddy. Oh, okay. Uh, listen listen to, to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, they did a great job, but, uh, you know, I'm just trying. My goal is I want to just do, I want to improve on the foundation they led. You know, they they laid a foundation that was honoring to God and that was um, that was really amazing and I would not be the man I am without them. And so I'm just trying to build on that and just make it even better. Um, just digging into the scripture and just trying to figure out what is it that God wants me to do as a, a father and um, making sure that my children have a sure foundation that they can they can rest on. Mm. So that's good. So <clears throat> music is obviously you're passionate about it. It's been interfolded with your life, right? Yeah. Um, so as a Christian, how important is music to a Christian to you? You know. Well, obviously, I think I'm biased in uh, my view of music, but I'm I try to be a, a little objective. Uh, but uh, I think, I mean, even in the scripture, um, the scriptures just talks over and over about music and talks about um, singing to the Lord and making a joyful noise to the Lord. And you know, you see in uh, Chronicles. Um, God specifically ordained a whole group of his people in the old covenant to be singers and music makers. And, um, God finds it really important. Um, and I personally, um, as I shared in my testimony of when, how I came to the Lord, like music was an integral part of God breaking through the hard crust of my heart with the beautiful music and speaking to me and, you know, um, music has been a continual force. Uh, both, I can see how music has been a force for good when I've chosen to listen to godly music that was pointing me in the right direction, and music was also a force negatively in my life when I would choose to listen to music that was not a good mm-hmm. uh, influence for me. I remember a very bad night uh, when I was very angry at, um, that was my other nickname was angry Brando. I had a lot of anger struggles in college. (laughs) Wow. But, uh, we can relate to that, right, Mark? (laughs) Nah, speak for yourself. (laughs) But uh, I remember being very angry one night and I was just like, I'm going to embrace this and I'm going to, and I got all this really angry, secular heavy metal music. And I was just like, yeah, I'm going to be angry. And it just made, it just was like eating, it's like eating away, like just making it worse and worse. And, uh, you know, but then, you know, but now, honestly, when I feel angry, I turn to some aggressive sounding music that points me towards the Lord. Right. And um, and it has this amazing effect of, you know, the style of the music gives my nerves, you know, something to kind of relax and, and, and kind of get the 
get the uh, tension out. And then the words though are pointing me back to Christ. Hmm. And uh, that's, man, there have been so many moments where I've worshiped the Lord and when I've been in a pit and it was like, God just used a song to just turn it around. I think it's incredibly important. That's cool. It actually reminds me of a quote real quick. Um, You'll learn I'm a sucker for quotes, so Shay. Uh, Martin Luther, um, the, 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 not MLK Jr., but the actual Martin Luther from the Reformation said, Beautiful music is the art of the prophets that can calm the agitations of the soul. Hmm. It is one of the most magnific- magnificent and delightful presents God has ever given us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I love it. I think I had that quote posted in my classroom when I was a... Uh, a music teacher. No one knew in your love for the reformers. Yeah. Uh, I, expect I had at least one. I had two quotes by Martin Luther about music. And that one sounds pretty familiar. Um, but yeah, music is a powerful thing. Um, so how do you think that, uh, you know, <clears throat> obviously some music can be very pleasing to the ear and some music mm-hmm. is not so pleasing like when Mark sings. But uh, yo, come on now. <laughs> hey, the Bible says make a joyful noise. Yeah, it doesn't, say make, it a, doesn't say make good a sounding you know, good sounding, <laughs> perfect pitch noise. It says make a joyful noise, and your boy makes a very loud joyful <laughs> noise. So, so we know that Goodness. you know pleasing or not pleasing to the ear. Uh, so, I think what I'm hearing you saying is that uh, music, depending on what type of music it is, can actually impact our lives. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's important to choose kind of what music carefully right um what what other ways uh, i mean do you think music in itself does the impacting or you think it's the lyrics that do the impacting uh what's your thoughts on that man that's a that's a complicated issue um and i think i think it's both honestly i think i think music has the power um to bypass mind and logic and reason and speak to the spirit and speak to the heart. Um, I think that's part of the power of it is, you know, somebody could tell you something and it hits you in one way, but if somebody wraps that in some kind of beautiful music and sings it to you, it hits you totally differently. Um, and I think, you know, the style, you know, thinking about, styles of music and and certain chords and harmonies and rhythms and those kinds of things those those have an effect um on us um like an orchestra you know playing just right. strictly music it kind of gives you the lifts and the lows and yeah kind of I mean, moves your emotions with it i um uh, yeah i think my studying music in in college uh, i remember listening to a ton of um a ton of instrumental orchestral music in our classes and, um, and listening to like programmatic music, which is music, you know, that it's just instruments, but it's trying to paint a picture for you in your mind with just the music. And man, it powerfully can do that. And it's amazing what you can do. But, uh, I think honestly, um, the thing about, if you're just thinking about the music, the instruments of the music, and the um, just the sounds, those are going to mu- communicate emotion, and those are going to communicate feeling, and maybe give you some sense of things, but they don't really give you a lot of content. 
Um, I'm really a firm believer that it's the lyrical content, it's the the message of the music that really makes it, um, that gives it its positive or negative value. Um, I, I, I refuse to believe that there's a style of music that can't be used to communicate the glory and goodness of God in some aspect of his, his nature and to lift people to him. So let me ask you this then, Soche. So the, the, the background that I grew up in, um, I actually had to sit through multiple music conferences where we learned about the evils of the backbeat and mm-hmm. how, um, you know, we used to be told, oh, m- music isn't, I mean, now I have a different opinion on it, but we were always taught that both the words and the music themselves are either moral or unmoral. And it's, it, you strip, strip the, the actual words away when you got things like hip hop and, and hard rock and the bass guitar and drums. Obviously, that's what fueled this, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll movement. So, so how would you answer someone who would come to you like that and say, you know what, this style of music is, you know, attached to witchcraft, voodoo, sex, drugs, um, this type of culture, rather than the, the content of the, the music itself? I'm glad you asked me that question, uh, <laughs> because I have an answer. I've thought about this a lot. You know, um, the, the music itself, um, if you want to say there's certain styles of music that affect, that are immoral, that affects somebody in a certain way, you know, yes, music affects people in a certain way and stylistically, but I'll, first I want to say as a Christian, a Protestant Reformation Christian, my standard is the scripture, sola scriptura. And, uh, I, which in case someone doesn't know what that means, scripture alone Mm -hmm. is the authority, um, only scripture. And so, uh, the, the Bible says nowhere any description of rhythms or beats or styles of music. The Bible never mentions a, a type of music that's good or forbidden. It does, just doesn't mention it. It talks about worshiping the Lord and using cymbals and, and drums and strings. It, it mentions some instruments they had, and it just mentions singing to the Lord. Um, and so... The Bible doesn't tell us one way or another what styles are good or bad. And so we have to look to the world and make our, not, not the world as in like those opposed to the Lord, but the world God's created. We need to look at the things around us and figure those things out on our own. And so I think first of all, though, we need to come to the world thinking the Bible doesn't tell me that this is good or bad. So I am going to make some judgment calls. Um, but I'm going to be wary about making judgment calls too quickly because I only, the Bible is my standard. And, uh, you know, to, to think, um, I've heard, I've, I, I watched a documentary about, um, this was years ago. I watched a documentary called Hell's Bells, the occult in Christian music or the, the occult in popular music. And, uh, it was, um, it was actually pretty informative, but, that was some of the argument in there was, you know, this, these backbeats are associated with all this stuff. And, um, but the thing is, um, I've got a couple of responses to that particular issue is one, 
what's the what's the the good standard? If we know if if we only know what the bad thing is, what's the good that we're going to cling to? So so I'll bite and say, okay, the hip hop beat, the rock beat is bad. So what's the good? And if someone wants to say, oh well, it's the hymn book. Well, believe it or not, many of the hymns in our current hymn book were bar songs and drinking songs and tunes from rough culture, mm-hmm. secular culture that were brought into the church, given Christian words. They were reformed. Right. They were, they were brought and used for the glory of God. And so if, if that's your standard, if, if the hymn book is your standard, even that is doing what you said is not allowed to be done. Um, but you know, if you, if you want to say, well, then we'll just throw those out too. That's fine. But I'll also say I have a personal experience, um, and experience does not trump the word of God, but I, again, I don't think the word of God is speaks on this issue. Mm -hmm. Um, I was at a a metal show listening to metalcore music, uh, which is super, um, not okay. Probably in, in a lot of conservative circles, but, oh, heavens no, Mm -mm. um, But I was there, um, I was going to see a Christian metalcore band. Uh, they did not have any singing lyrics. They just growled and, and screamed the whole time and chugged on their guitars and double bass and all that stuff. But um, these guys were touring this Christian metal band. Uh, they were touring with another Christian metal band and then two um, secular metal bands. Mm-hmm. And... Um, <clears throat> In that style of music, uh, especially, if you're not a Christian group, you're very not Christian. Mm. Um, and this this band intentionally chose some non-Christian bands to go with them so that they could reach the kids that would come to see these bands with the gospel, right? And, and, I, and I can tell you, um, I was there at this show, and the, the, fir- the first Christian band got up and played to open and then these two secular bands played back to back and then the band I was there to see played uh, last and while the two secular bands were playing there was a palpable darkness there was a spiritual oppression in that room now I'm not going to get all woo woo and crazy but there was I was experiencing some discernment of wickedness in that place there was a spiritual wickedness in that place that was oppressing uh, it was coming from this band they were bringing darkness and evil into the room I will not deny that's what they were doing and they were saying things from the stage that were really concerning and uh, I wouldn't recommend most people go to those shows by the way I don't condone going to those shows but um, the band that went on right before the Christian band that I was there to see the lead vocalist got up and said um he said, you know, I know a lot of you guys aren't here to see us. You're here to see this next band. And obviously we don't agree with them on a lot. But I'll tell you, these guys are the real deal. When they preach something, they live it. And they show us love and we got respect for them. And so I want you guys to give them your attention. And Wow, that's these, huge. Yeah, and then the, the band got up there and they played their first chords. And I, I've got to tell you, the feelings I had of darkness 
and heaviness and oppression immediately gone. Hmm. The, the spirit of darkness blew out of that room and the Holy Spirit of God blew into that room. I will never forget this experience as long same as Same genre, same genre of music. I mean, the genre of music, you could hardly tell them apart. A, a non-discerning ear just for music sounded like the same band. Hmm. But the, the message is being portrayed, and the spirit behind it was so different that they, they just blew the darkness out of the room. And then as they were screaming their songs of praise to the Lord and of scriptural truth. I mean, it was a powerful thing. And you could, and then they, they had the chance during their worship, their worship set, uh, to preach the gospel, Hmm. um, through their music, through the words of their music and by just speaking to these kids. And I'm going to tell you those kids that were at that show that were there to see these people singing about killing people and crazy stuff. They weren't going to step foot in a church. They were a bunch of goth kids with their crazy looking hairdos and all the piercings and the I mean they were crazy looking kids and they heard the gospel with power presented to them and that experience is enough for me but uh the scripture is my authority but that experience just confirmed to me for me uh forever that no style of music can can be beyond bounds of being a vessel for the Holy Spirit if it's used for that purpose. Mm-hmm. So my question, which is probably a question that a lot of conservatives have, is um, are we conforming to the world by playing worldly music? And I'm just throwing that out there as a question a that I, question. Think, I think a lot of people would ask. Um, I don't think so. I think I think music... Um, the world is the Lord in the fullness of thereof, and music is something that God created. Mm-hmm. And I think, in a way, when we play music in a certain genre, um, I feel like we're almost taking things back from the enemy, not conforming to the enemy. We're we're taking God's good gift back and using it as it was intended. Uh, that's that's how I like to view it. Is I think um, God made music, and man has uh, twisted it in some ways. But man has has developed it and and um, made it different and new. And you know the Lord says to sing the the Scripture says sing to the Lord a new song. And so you know we're called to sing. We're not just called to sing the same old songs forever. Right. Um, we're called to sing a new song, and um, we we have a song to sing. And I think we do need to be careful not to just be copycats of the world. Right? We, like, I think Christians should be seeking to be on the forefront of creative um, in the creative world in all areas, because mm-hmm. we serve a God. Right, who spoke the whole universe into existence? He's the creator, and we are in His image, and so we should be creative people who are the most creative. Right? We should be on the forefront, not copycatting the world, but using what the world has come up with and and using it wisely for the kingdom. 
You know, Jesus t- tells a story about a, a wise, a shrewd servant who used the unholy mammon, the unholy wealth of the world to prepare himself heavenly dwellings mm-hmm. to make friends for himself. So like, I think there is a, 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 a principle in the scripture that Jesus tells us about using the things of the world that, you know, may or may not be something that um, is great or I think, you know, uh, using the things of this world to bring honor to the Lord is, um, I think that's a biblical principle. Right. But would you say that, uh, that God is, is the foremost creator of all things and the devil is actually the one that twists it just ever so slightly to make it evil? Yeah. A hundred percent. You think that applies to music as well? Yes. God, the devil can't create anything. Mm -hmm. He's a created being. Right. Um, and he's a twisted fallen created being. You know, God is the creator. I like that. Well, hey, so um, we're going to have to put a pause onto this conversation right now, um, mainly just because our time is coming up. But we still have a lot more questions to ask, such as, um, is there music that Christians should avoid? Is there music that is inappropriate to listen to? The question that a lot of us ask as parents is, should parents let their kids listen to secular music in general, whether good or bad? Or even, here's a fun question, are there types of music that should or should not be played in the church setting. So we'll come back next week with part two of this conversation. So Shay, I appreciate that a lot, Thanks, man. So you bet. But before we go, Fuller, it oh, is yeah. time for fun facts with Fuller. I got a fun fact for you. Did you know Coca-Cola would be green if coloring wasn't added to it? What? Coca-Cola no. would be green if coloring wasn't added to it. My mind is blown. Yeah. That's I'm, a gross I'm, fact. Uh, yeah. With Chris Fuller. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> like a moldy colored green. <laughs> well, praise Jesus for food coloring. I love it. But hey, that's all the time we got for this week. So we'll, we'll see you guys next week. Have a good week. Thank you for listening to Real Talk Christian. To help get our podcast into the ears of other people who need to hear these conversations, we would love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. To keep the conversations going, feel free to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and share our content with others. See you next time. No. Yeah. Who went to cheeseburger song? That's what, I mean. I went to cheeseburger song. That was her favorite song. I am recording, by the way. <laughs> <Are you? laughs> that was her favorite song. More so to figure this out. Hey, Mark, do you want a pickle? No, 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 no. Janiel, stop him now. And I might like a milkshake as well. Except I can't give you either.